It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Kyle Krabs here, host of Locked On NFL Scouting. Join Joe Marino and me every day as we provide position-by-position analysis of the upcoming NFL Draft. Check out the Locked On NFL Scouting podcast with the Draft Dudes on YouTube or wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. Welcome back to the Locked On Cowboys podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Thank you for tuning in. I am your host, Marcus Mosier. You can follow me on Twitter at Marcus underscore Mosier. And joining me today is Landon McCool. You can check him out on Twitter at McCoolBCB. You can also listen to him on the Best Ghost Boys podcast. Landon, what is going on, sir? Not much. Uh, we're just going through another day, getting closer and closer to draft time. Starting to hear more and more what teams' plans are in this uh, COVID world of, of drafting. Uh, you see exactly how things uh, uh, are going to work out on draft day. It's going to be interesting to see how all of this kind of functions, right? It's did you did you see the the article that teams have complained that it's not fair that Jerry Jones and Stephen Jones get to draft in the same room? I saw I saw the Twitter <laughs> reactions to the article, and I was wondering exactly you know what what that was about. They 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 the I guess some teams have said that they feel like Jerry Jones and Stephen Jones should have to draft in separate houses. You guys are just ridiculous. <laughs> you guys are, people are ridiculous. Like it, uh, listen, here's here's the thing. Are we sure that actually helps? That might actually be worse having those two in the same no, room no, and not no, anybody it to helps, check them. I it don't helps know. Because, <laughs> because when Steven's in, in person with Jerry, you know, Jerry can't mute him. <laughs> like, uh, what, what happens if Jerry goes rogue and mutes Steven and then suddenly is uh, trading up? And uh, we're, uh, well, I guess that would at least make for an interesting draft at the very least. I did see that people or teams are really worried about their Zooms being hacked mm-hmm. and all that kind of stuff. And it's like, <laughs> you guys tweeted out a picture of your phone before. <laughs> I mean, it's, it's okay. It didn't even take a Zoom for us to hack them a couple years ago. I mean, they literally they literally tweet pictures of their draft boards before the draft. So like, it, some young enterprising on, young draftnik who has a might pick up the phone and, and, and dial all the way into uh, uh, Stephen Jones himself if they were so inclined, right, Marcus? If correct, I mean, I guess that's technically is that possible. technically possible I mean, this, as far as you're I, I, I guess it's possible. Yeah. And this person tried to warn them about Taco, but it's yeah, okay. they didn't. They didn't want to um, listen at that point. They didn't. Of they course, didn't you, I mean, <laughs> you. I'm sorry. The person uh, just hung up. Hung up immediately before uh, uh, you got a chance to actually say anything about it. So. Yeah, Next time, just hang on the phone. Um, yeah, I guess so. All right, <laughs> let's get to your Twitter questions today. Um, we've got uh, like 40 of them. We're not going to be able to get New through boy. them all, but uh, we will do our best. Um, let's start with this first one from Corey Landon. Uh, does Dak working out with Des Bryant mean anything at all for his chances to, co- to coming back to Dallas? Uh, you know, I mean, I, I think that in the, in the sense that – that Steven and Jerry be like, oh, you know, Dak still still likes Dez and still can work with Dez. You know, maybe a little bit there, but... I just think it keeps the line of yeah, communication open, just in I case just, something happens, I mean, right? It's... This is... 
I don't like this because this is just a sentiment sentimentality move. You know, like he's I mean, let's be clear. Like even in those videos if you watch them and and not the ones that Dak retweeted, but the, if you go to uh what's I don't know what that guy's Robinson, Darren Robinson, the 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 yeah, if you yeah. go to his Twitter account. And then you look at all the videos that are there. There's one where they show uh Dez kind of running through these routes and I mean, just as someone who's seen him in training camps and live, like in person, working before, it's just not it's it's not the same. Like you know, he's not the same guy. Like he's he's laboring to get through these routes. Uh, it's it's taking a, 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 what used to take almost no effort for him to move kind of fluidly around. Seemingly, is taking all mm-hmm. his effort. Uh, I think this is a case. Well, I think it's pretty clear. It's pretty clear that he's not the same player as he was. Let's say even in 2016, right? Oh, I mean, yeah. he's he doesn't have that same quickness and explosion. I think the people that are optimistic about this are are hoping that he can transition into a slot hybrid tight end role. I, I'm just not sure that's super realistic. Why? I mean, like that's the thing is there, there's. I mean, if, if that's okay, let's say that, that that's a role that they're interested in filling. I mean, don't you think that there's like, uh, you know, fifty other guys who might be better at that role currently than a thirty-year-old dude who's coming off of an Achilles injury and was never really a, a, a fantastic yeah. route runner to begin with? You know, like he'll actually be thirty-two by the time you know the season really kicks off. Yeah, so. I mean, like that's the thing. He's uh, on the wrong side. I, of I love. Listen, I love him. I, I know. Like, I know. We all love him. Is a, that's my favorite player of all time. Favorite pl- Dallas Cowboy of all time. I. I, I think it's probably time. I to took move on. I took a little bit of a shot yesterday. Maybe I shouldn't have. I I, I, I didn't mean it like I, I didn't love the guy. It's just that I just think that people need to reset their expectations for what this is. I, I love Dez, and I think that Dez loves football, and I think that Dez probably should continue to play football. But I don't, you know, I don't. I'm not risking a roster spot for that sentimentality at this point. You know, like I, mm-hmm. I think there's tons of dudes in the draft and on free agency that are probably better suited to play whatever role that you could potentially, you know, hypothetically carve out for Des because, I mean, I hate to say it like this, because you like the guy, you know? You're right. Um, as I always say, if you're not the top two or even three receiver on a team, you better be able to contribute some way in special teams too, yeah. right? Either on kicks, as a returner. It's hard for me to envision Des being anything more than like a wide receiver four at this point. Obviously, he's not going to give you anything on special teams. Again, maybe, maybe if something were to happen to like Michael Gallup and Amari Cooper and you needed somebody who has some skins on the wall that could help in the red zone, you know, that that to me seems like a midseason move. Probably not something you're doing right now. But you never know. Maybe, maybe Des gets quicker and more explosive four months from now when we get closer to training camp. Uh, maybe things look different, but uh, we shall see. Um, let's go ahead and move on to a different question, Landon. This one will be really quick. This one comes from John. Uh, who would you be your pick at number 17, given the reasonable options that have been discussed? So your favorite pick at 17 right now. I think it's still Henderson, just because I think I probably like Henderson and Chase on similarly. I think uh, I feel a little bit higher floor on, on Henderson. And I also think that if you talk about Draft pick sequencing, again, just to kind of go mm. back to that, drafting a cornerback early seems to produce better results for what you're trying to to, to line up with uh, value and, and your picks later on in the draft. 
Derek Brown is still my pipe dream. I, I just don't know dream, how realistic yeah, yeah, he, yeah, yeah. it is. It does feel a little bit like if he gets out of the top 10, there's a chance that he falls all the way down to 17. Like if he can get past Carolina and Arizona, that maybe he falls. But that's a pipe dream. Uh, I do agree. It's probably Henderson for me. Uh, obviously, I like Zach Mon, but I'm not sure how realistic that is. Um, this next question comes from Gabriel. Kind of ties into that one, Landon. Uh, who are your top trade-down targets for the Cowboys? Let's say that Chason, Henderson, Kinlaw are all gone, and you move down to, let's say, anywhere between picks you know, 23 to 28. Which guys are you targeting at that spot in the draft? Well, I mean, <laughs> the number one guy is Zach Bond. I mean, if you're going down to 23, yeah, it's, yep. si- it's Bond time. Uh, yep. Yeah, I, I'd say he's, he's, he's the top guy for me. Uh, I think the safeties become a lot more palatable at that at that spot. Um, I think, uh, you know, you, I think you could look at some wide receivers there. I think uh, uh, Justin Jefferson is a mm-hmm. guy you could look at. Rager is a guy that you could look at there. Uh, what about Denzel Mims Denzel, there? Sure, absolutely. Denzel Mims. Um, you could look at uh, some of these corners I think would be extremely, uh, you know, like mm-hmm. a Diggs is very – uh, draftable at twenty three or, or something at, near that age range. I like AJ Terrell even a, a little bit. AJ Terrell is another guy I was just going to mention. I, I, he was. I think he's also a guy that you should look at around then. I, I think you know at, at twenty three you got a lot of options. I think you know you trade back mm-hmm. a little bit, get an extra pick. You got a lot of options. The, the the question for me, the difficult question for me becomes, what happens when you and we talked about this? Was it yesterday? What happens when you have a trade down offer on the table? But you also have C.J. Henderson on the table. Uh, yeah, that's, that's where, where it gets, gets difficult. difficult. Well, actually, or, 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 that one's not super difficult for me. I, I think I'd take Henderson. Yeah. Oh, but but it gets tougher Chase for on, me when Chase yeah, on. Chase on. Okay, that's fair. Yeah, that that's I mean, where it gets difficult. You we'll, know? We'll, I think that's where you, you really right. have to get into kind of the that that extra that extra deep level of 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 uh, talking points. Okay, okay, we've gotten past positional value. We've gotten past sequencing. What's what's the nitty gritty on this player? What's the nitty gritty on 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 this position and 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 whether or not we need to take it versus trading back? What is actually on the board? Who do we actually think will be mm-hmm. available in this draft for, at those picks versus you know Chase on and and what what's our, what our projection right. is for Chase on? Yeah, so like for instance, I have a half round difference between uh, Chase on and Uter Gross Matos from Penn State. So if you're telling me I can move from 17 to 26 and pick up a second round pick and take gross mottos, am I interested in doing that? I mean, that's at least intriguing for me. I know you're not as high on gross mottos as maybe I am, but I mean, you're still getting a, you know, athletic edge rusher and you're also picking up a second round pick that could be a, uh, you know, a starting level cornerback. So uh, those are going to be some intriguing options that the Cowboys could potentially have on draft day. Uh, let's take a quick break. We'll come back and we'll answer some more Twitter questions. Is your team eliminated from the playoffs and in need of reinforcements? Maybe it's time for a rebuild, or maybe they're just a player or two away from taking home the Lombardi Trophy. Either way, join Keith Sanchez and Damian Parson for Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. They'll tell you which college football stars your team will be taking in the 2024 NFL Draft. Check out Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Guys, we talk about physical fitness all the time, but there's another side of the game that is just as important. I'm talking about mental fitness. 
Calm, the number one app for sleep and meditation, has teamed up with LeBron James to help you train your mind. LeBron and Calm know that your mind is like any other muscle in your body. And Calm can help you train your brain so you sleep better, have less stress, and perform at your best. And if you head to calm.com slash locked on, you'll get 40% off a Calm premium membership. Again, that's 40%. With Calm, you'll have access to the nature scenes that LeBron loves, like rain or leaves, and so much more, like sleep stories and meditation. For a limited time, our listeners can join LeBron in using Calm with a 40% discount to an annual membership at calm.com slash locked on. Unlock content to help you focus, ease stress, and sleep better. Get started at calm.com slash locked on. That's calm.com slash locked on. All right, Landon, this one comes uh, from Adele. Uh, in the middle of the back end of the draft, uh, are there any backup quarterback prospects you'd like to consider? have the Cowboys consider? Um, I know you probably haven't studied a lot of the quarterbacks uh, in this class. Um, I'll go ahead and I'll give you one that I like, you know, in the probably fifth, sixth round. Um, I, I really like Anthony Gordon from Washington mm-hmm. State. Uh, he, had, he had a huge year uh, under Mike Leach this year, threw almost 700 passes, completed 71% of his passes. Um, you know, he, he 5,000 yards, doesn't have a super big arm, uh, but it's aggressive. He's accurate, especially in the short to middle part of the field. Uh, a really, really quick release. I think that's somebody that you could potentially develop as a high-end backup. Uh, he could get you through some games, you know, maybe not this year, but down the road. Um, any other guys that have kind of stood out to you? I, you know, you're right. I haven't studied too many quarterbacks yet. Um, I, I'm intrigued by uh, – I don't know where he's going, uh, but I, I am intrigued by the idea of, you know, where Jalen Hurts is going to get drafted because so am uh, I. Yep. I do think that he has – things that I would be interested in as developing as a backup. I don't, you know, I don't think that he has huge upside to be a, uh, uh, elite starter in the league, I guess I'll say. Um, but sure. I mean, I think that there are some aspects to him that I, I think are similar to Dak, um, in the sense that I think he has a lot of intangibles that I think that you can really you know kind of work around, especially as a backup quarterback, you know. Uh, and his game is going right. to be, I think, similar to Dak. I mean, I don't think he's you know neither Dak or him are uh, elite athletes, but they can both run the football when need be, right? Um, I think sure. Dak might be yeah. a little bit better ball carrier than than uh, than Hertz is because I think Dak has got some size on him. It's like running, it's like tackling a linebacker when you're tackling Dak. Uh, and I think yeah. Hertz is kind of a little bit more undersized uh, version of that. I, I just think that, you know, with that kind of uh, uh, pedigree, with that kind of, uh, uh, of, of mentality, uh, he has the tools enough to help you get in there and win football games. And I think uh, he has that kind of uh, belief in himself that is required for the kind of person that has to step in when the starting quarterback in an NFL team gets hurt and to try to lead them on the field in the middle of a game. I, I don't think people respect how difficult of a, of, of a situation that is uh, with, with, you know, few, few reps, few, few practice reps, few opportunities to work with the first team, how difficult it is for a quarterback to, to be able to step in and, and, and operate a, 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 you know, an NFL team without that check. So I, I think Hertz has the kind of, uh, a mental emotional makeup to do that sort of thing 
and you know maybe develop him a little bit more as a passer. I do think he's on the Tyrod Taylor, David Garrard spectrum of quarterbacks in terms of like uh, what he can do for you. Is he going to be a, a high-end starter in the NFL? No, probably not. I think he's destined to be a <clears throat> you know uh, a high-end backup that can produce maybe some middling starting quarterback results in the right scheme. If you get him on a you know maybe a run-heavy play-action team where he's not forced to throw the ball 35, 40 times a game and just kind of basically play more like he did at Alabama rather than at Oklahoma, I think you could have some success with him. We've seen Tyrod Taylor now uh, get a bunch of different times to, you know starting opportunities over the last four or five years. Um, I think Hurts could be that type of quarterback, and if you're getting him in the third, fourth round with his you know character and his leadership uh, and his athleticism, I think that's fine. That's that's a good spot to draft him. Trust me, I would much much rather take Jalen Hurts in the third, fourth round than where Jordan Love is probably going to end up in this draft. I, I don't think they're all that different of quarterback prospects, and uh, you get one quite a bit cheaper. So. Uh, I kind of doubt that the Cowboys will take a quarterback that high just because of knocking on wood, Dak Prescott's, you know, durability yeah, throughout his exactly. career. But Mike McCarthy's always liked to, to bring in quarterbacks and kind of work with him. So it wouldn't shock me if maybe they spent a fourth round pick on a guy that he really, really liked. Um, let's go ahead and move on to this question. Liam, I don't want you to spoil it too much. Uh but have you seen Denzel Mims yet? Have, have you started watching him for later in the week? Uh, I've watched. I, I haven't watched him for the for our assignment yet. But oh, I've watched at least two yep. games of him because you know just because I I, I did get a look okay. at all the prospects, so I, I know a little bit about it. So, okay, so this is like a, a fifteen second summary. Kevin wants to know. Please tell me more about Denzel Mims. Uh, it appears the Cowboys are interested. I like the size, length, speed combo, and his spider chart is great. Love shout out to Mark Tractable. Uh Yeah. What is the, the what is the ceiling for Denzel? Oh, the Mims? ceiling's huge. The ceiling's way up there. I mean, the, he's an athletic freak. He's got the body you want for someone like this. He's, uh, you know, I, I think he is a guy who's, you know, when you look at all the, the the athletic testing and, and his body of work. I mean, upside is where your your eyes are bulging here, right? Um, sure, yeah. You know, I, I think the question, look, general downside here is he comes from a Baylor offense. How how does how does that translate? Though I will say, from what I saw, it looked like he ran a lot more routes than kind of your typical Baylor wide receiver, um, but. Yeah, he actually talked about in the interview on DraftWire. He gets kind of frustrated with uh, the comps to like Terrence Williams and Corey Coleman and some of those ones because it's a totally different offense now than it was with those guys. Uh, and he was running the same routes that the guys at Alabama and LSU were running. So I just thought yeah, that was interesting. Yeah. But it's just kind of like we've been doing this for years now, and it's like kind of ingrained. It's something that we're having to all kind of work against ourselves to a certain degree. I you know I think you watch him in the you know the 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 Senior Bowl and you watch uh, you you look at the numbers and 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 I think you, you see a guy and, and you watch him against good competition. Man. I mean, where I saw him the most is when I was studying Gladney, and and he had a great yeah, great great matchup against Gladney and and the when Baylor played TCU. Um, you know, I just think he is a guy who uh, he. He can get open in a, in, a, in a variety of ways. I think. I think he has the speed and athleticism. 
Uh, he's a good route runner. I wouldn't say he's a great route runner yet, but I would definitely say that he's, I would agree. he's yeah. you know, well off the spectrum of those Baylor guys. You know, I think that, that uh, he's he's mm-hmm. right to be kind of uh, generally upset of, to be compared to those guys because he is a more accomplished route runner than those guys. Uh, I, you know, I think what it is, you're going to get a, get this guy in here, uh, and I think there's a very high chance that within a year – uh, he becomes a uh, a very high end wide receiver two, and if not a, a wide receiver one for for some team, I I, I think he has uh, the opportunity to really break that break out uh, quickly because just because of his athleticism, and if you can find a team that can you know use him properly as he's learning the new, the rest of the nuance of of the position, uh, he has athleticism that I think will allow him to beat. Uh, you know some NFL corners right away, so uh, I, I think he's a first round pick. I, I mean, I think you know we've started to kind of everyone's been playing footsie oh, yeah. around with it for a long time, but uh, to me, he's a first round wide receiver. Um, really quickly, but I don't want to go too too much into him because I'm going to talk about him a lot in the upcoming shows. Um, only five receivers at the combine ran a sub four four forty yard dash. Uh, Henry Ruggs might be the first receiver drafted. Uh, Quez Watkins from Southern Miss ran a 4-3-5. He's probably a seventh-round pick because he has no production. Uh, Darnell Mooney from Tulane, 4-3-8, 176 pounds. Probably a day three guy, again, with hardly any production and no size. And then Devin Duvernay at 4-3-9. Um, you know, we talked about it on the show. Mims came in at 4-3-8. Uh, of all the receivers I mentioned, he has by far the most production, has by far the most size, ran it at 207 pounds, six foot three, um, three years of really, really solid production at Baylor. So if the Cowboys want to continue to add speed to their offense, uh, this is a fun guy to get because, again, if you want speed in this draft, and actually not even in, in this draft, but any draft, you're almost always going to have to overdraft those guys. We saw McCole Hardman last year who – some teams worked him out as a cornerback last year because they didn't really know what to do with him. He went in the second round because he had, you know, the four three speed. It's hard to find these guys. Mims, if you let's say you, the Cowboys do trade back a little bit in the first round, that's a that's a really really intriguing uh, pick for Dallas. We'll go into this further later in the week because I want to talk about how he potentially fits in the offense, kind of compare him and contrast him to some of the other receivers in this class. Uh, but a fun fun pick. Uh, next question, Landon. Uh, is there any chance that the Cowboys revisit the Jamal Adams trade? Let's say they get up to pick 17 and you don't love the options and you can't trade down. Uh, let's say Chason and Henderson are gone. Would you consider moving that 17th pick for for Jamal Adams? I, I mean, I, I think I, I would definitely have to see what was there to even consider this. But I mean, I think a lot of the value of this trade went out the window, you know. Now that he's in the fifth year of his deal, right? Like, uh, right. I mean, yeah. he's gonna immediately command a new deal as soon as he gets traded. Uh, and if you're trading him for, he's gonna want to be the highest paid safety yeah, in the league. If you're trading him for a first round pick, he's gonna demand a lot. So, um, yeah, I mean, I think to me. It's not as easy a uh, uh, you know, the, the calculus is not as easy because you're not getting that that extra cheap year. You've lost that up that opportunity. So uh, do you want to give up? Uh, and and, that, and here's the thing: 
at that point it becomes kind of a money issue right because you're directly trading the opportunity to have cheap good labor uh with the first round pick even if it's, even unproven. If it's unproven even if it's unproven uh, yep. uh to a guy that you're gonna have to pay i mean i think you'll get production out of out of uh adams obviously but i you know sure. the question is will you get it at the rate that you're going to be paying him and on top of that it's it's the it's adding that money plus removing the opportunity to uh uh get a, a player on a cheaper deal so i think that losing that just losing that one cheap year is enough that it, it may have thrown the equation the I other, agree. It tilted the equation the other way i i'm not saying no but it's it's definitely more of a no to me now. I mean, it's definitely more no than yes. Whereas last season, it was way more yes than no. I agree. Um, you know, you would have got him for eight games. You know, you would have had him in the you know the off season program so far. You know, whatever we did have of that, it's just it's not worth it to me, especially when you consider. Uh, the value of a safety. And that's kind of the next question I want to get to. We'll finish up on this one, Landon. Um, Yesterday, I was talking about in today's NFL with teams throwing the ball 35, 40 times a game, uh, the wide receiver three position has become far more valuable than it ever has. Uh, I asked what positions now is a wide wide receiver three more valuable than? Is it more valuable than a starting safety or a starting middle linebacker or even a starting guard? I got a lot of good responses there. I know we didn't talk about that a lot, um, but I would like to hear your thoughts on that. And then let's talk about it pertaining to the draft. Let's say the Cowboys get to pick 51. They draft a corner in the first round and you have a wide receiver and a safety carrying the same grade what position would you probably lean to picking there? Uh, yeah, I think the part of this conversation that is, uh, that's been missing or, or that I would like to bring into this is that I think the context of who you're drafting for is important here, right? <laughs> like, I think that, I, I think that if you're the kind of team that needs a third receiver full-time uh, and that third, you know, slot receiver is going to be one guy, and you want him to be that one guy. Uh, then I, I, which we think that's going to be the thing in Mike McCarthy's offense. So for the most part, he's had one slot. It, receiver. Yeah, but at the same time, like they also, you know, he's coming into a situation where he has Tony Pollard. You know, he has some of these other players. So I, I wouldn't sure. be surprised sure. if, if you know, more so than last year, we see guys like Pollard or someone else eat into those wide receiver three snaps, right? But it probably depends on who's the roster, though. Like, if Randall Cobb was back, let's say the Cowboys hypothetically re-signed Randall Cobb instead of him going to the Texans, you probably are looking at Cobb playing 75 to 80% of the snaps. Yeah. No, I agree. I just think that it it's not... The draft pick creates the need. Is what I guess I'm getting at. If you're drafting a wide sure. receiver high, then yeah, you're probably going to use him specifically a lot. If you lose Randall Cobb, you are suddenly afforded the opportunity to, to take a step back and say, hey, uh, you know, we've got some other players that we would like to get opportunities to take snaps in, the, in, in uh, this position. We also have a uh, wide receiver one who is pretty good at running running snaps from, uh, from the, the slot, you know? Uh, so, 
do we take this opportunity to kind of make that more of a rotating role where we get an opportunity to kind of change out talent and attack defenses in different ways? Or are we just looking for a situation where we have a steady presence who we know who we're getting in that spot uh, and that that is our reliable wide receiver three. I, I think those are the two kind of thought processes and that, and that thought process is really going to dictate whether you see one or the other is more valuable. And honestly, I think it works the other way too with the safety. If you are drafting a safety that is like a box only safety, right. And, and your thought process is, well, you know, I may be adding, deciding to add in a throw in a, another corner here, or I may, you know, want to try uh, throwing in a different position uh, 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 alignment here, and, and may not have that that strong box safety on the field all the time. That's also going to weigh the value of that player. So I, I think it's not as cut and dry, you know. Uh, but I think it, if it, what it does do is, you know, kind of give you an idea. I, I think where we draft a slot receiver or how the next receiver gets brought into the offense is going to be very telling as to what the overall plan is for that position. And I know that seems obvious, but I guess my point is, is that if you see them drafting a guy in the top, in top 100 picks, he's going to get a lot of snaps. Yep. If you see it, if you see Correct. it, if you see a I guy agree. who's getting drafted in the fourth or fifth round, I, I guarantee you that guy will play and play a lot, but I also wouldn't be surprised if 20% of his snaps go to Tony Pollard, 15% of his snaps go to Blake Jarwin as they put him in the slot. You know, I, I wouldn't sure, be surprised sure. if that was the case, just depending on what they want to put into the resources of a wide receiver three. It's a really fascinating yeah. discussion because I, I think – depending on how you plan on winning games in the NFL could greatly impact uh, your decision here. Like, does Mike McCarthy view this as still a ball control style of offense where, you know, the, the plan is to hold it for eight, nine, ten minutes and win games that way? Or are they going to try to be a little bit more like the Kansas City Chiefs and try to score 34 points every single game? Because if that's the case, I, I think grabbing a – high-end wide receiver three is more important than getting a above average safety just because I think you it's tougher to guard or it's tougher to find those high-end wide receiver threes that can make plays down the field than it is just a okay safety um I'm going to be fascinated to see what the Cowboys do here like traditionally we know that Will McClay uh and Jerry Jones and Stephen Jones have not valued the safety position uh, we know that Mike McCarthy loves to draft receivers, or at least that was the case when he was with Green Bay. They drafted one uh, basically in the second or third round <coughs> Excuse me, every single year. So um, it's going to be fascinating to see what happens. Uh, I'm, I'm guessing, if I, had, if I had to guess, the Cowboys will draft a receiver. I'm, the third round kind of feels like the, the sweet spot, right? That's, that kind of feels like to me the, the K.J. Hill, the Devin Duvernay range. And, and I, I just have a feeling it's going to be one of those two guys playing in the slot this year would you agree yeah, with I that mean, i think you know the third round is where you go you're drafting especially the cowboys third round pick where you're getting ahead of the value i think the fourth round is the value area right where the value meets the, the yeah, perfect yeah, if you're yeah. drafting in the third round you're trying to get ahead of all those value picks and get your guy you know get a guy that you like that has fallen so 
uh, if they draft a court, uh, wide receiver in the third round, they had somebody in mind, I think. You know, they had someone specifically in mind. Otherwise, if they wait until the fourth round, I think that's the situation where they're like, look, we want a wide receiver. We think there's five or six really good ones. They may all be different, but we'll figure it out once we draft them. You know, because I, I think that's the thing. If you draft a guy in the fourth round, you, you, you could you could draft an outside guy, you know, like or a, or a guy oh, who does a little yeah. bit of both. Because then, you know, then you could play him on the outside, kick Cooper inside or, or, or you know, rotate him in with with uh, uh, with Gallup and then or rotate him in with Cooper and then just, you know, work in the rest of the, your group inside, work Cooper inside. I, I just think that, you know, at, at the fourth round, that investment is such that it opens it up to just allowing you to draft the best wide receiver. If you're doing it in the third round, you're probably specifically going for a particular player. Right. Uh, really quickly, the last thing I want to mention is the Cowboys pick at 82 in the second round in the third round. Their next pick comes at 123 in the fourth round, but because of compensatory picks, that's like a 40-spot difference. And we know that the top of the fourth round gets a lot of action in terms of trades. Uh, that's typically where you'll see a, a wide receiver run. We saw it last year. I think the first three picks of the fourth round were wide receivers. I, I There will be a good player available at 123, but in order to maybe get a, a tier or two player better, the third round is probably the sweet spot for the Cowboys. Let's uh, We'll finish up that, uh, with this last question, Landon, really, really quickly. One final tight end, day two, day three, that you like, and just tell me why. Just really quick, what what day two, day three tight end do you like? Hmm. I like a couple of these guys. I mean, I, I guess I, I guess I don't have to say day two or day three. I They're guess like, I can just say just tight end, tight end right? Uh, I mean, I like a couple of these guys. I, I like Hunter Bryant's tape, even despite you know the the, te- the testing situation, it, it not quite matching up. Um, I like Devin uh, Asiasi. I, we're going to talk about him a little bit yeah, later. So do I. I. I just think that it it's really you know what's your flavor? What are you looking for? Are you looking for a receiving tight end? Because you can go get those guys. There's a uh, you can get uh, a Hunter Bryant. You can get a uh, uh, the kid from uh, FAU, uh, Harrison Bryant. Uh, are you looking for someone yep. who could maybe be no, a little thanks. bit more well rounded? You can get an Adam Troutman. You can get a Cole Komet. Komet's kind of more of a online uh, offensive line as a tight end kind of guy. Uh, and then it, yeah, except for he doesn't block. block well. uh, and then you can get like a guy like Devin Asiasi, who is just a weird, weird dude, right? He's like, he's got a, a kind of a different yeah. body style, but I, I, I like it. I think he could be a guy who you, you could pair a, a Devin Asiasi with a, uh, with Blake Jarwin and, and, and do some really cool things. I think, because I think yeah, Asiasi like is more of your, you know, shorter move, and I don't want to give away too much of my notes, but shorter move tight end who can kind of line up all over and has some upside there. I I, I, I think he's being dampened down because he doesn't run a great 40. Um, but, I mean, I think when you watch the tape, he moves incredibly fluidly for a guy who's 6'3", 260 pounds. So I, I, I would love to see him line up in some fullback stuff and maybe be a versatile tool for this offense. I like guys like that. I like guys who, you know what, maybe you're not the the most uh, uh, dynamic player, but if I can use you in my offense to create mismatches uh, schematically and with formations, uh, uh, those guys have value as well. Yeah, I like Devin Asiasi. That's a fun name. We'll talk about him later in the week and how he might fit into this Cowboys offense. 
That is it for today's show. Thank you guys for tuning in. Make sure you download and subscribe to the podcast on iTunes. Uh, make sure you follow Landon at McCoolBCB. You can follow the show at Locked On Cowboys. And I'm at Marcus underscore Mosier, and we will see you next time. Hey, Prime members. You can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today. Is your team eliminated from the playoffs and in need of reinforcements? Maybe it's time for a rebuild, or maybe they're just a player or two away from taking home the Lombardi Trophy. Either way, join Keith Sanchez and Damian Parson for Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. They'll tell you which college football stars your team will be taking in the 2024 NFL Draft. Check out Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.